All righty. Welcome to episode two of Secrets and Lies, a storyteller's podcast. This is Carolyn. And this is Vicki. I'm calling this one, this episode, Recycling Day. I like it. I like it too. All right. So um, we mentioned uh, on our last episode a little bit about how we try and <laughs> keep ourselves engaged with our writing projects and and everything and and I find it I, I I don't know ironic because my part of my day job or big part of my day job is teaching other people project management and uh, prioritization mm-hmm. yeah have I gotten a whole lot done on my work in progress since last time no <laughs> no I, I can relate <laughs> uh, so yeah what do um what do you do to help keep yourself on track? Well, I I can get into like a good run of writing on my writing my memoir and revising my memoir by doing it first thing in the morning. Before I, it before for, like the day encroaches on Exactly. And if I can't even like I sometimes I don't even want to eat breakfast. I just want to come in and write before that desire to write disappears I don't want to look at I can't look at my cell phone I can't open up Facebook because then I get distracted and I'm off on some kind of rabbit hole online or something else so or I'm getting looking at my planner going okay what kind of other stuff do I am I going to do today so it, it has to usually be the first thing I do in the morning. I'm, I am not as disciplined as you, but I will say that it has happened where I'll get an idea. It's usually when I'm trying to go to sleep or like I wake up or it'll be really early in the morning, more earlier than I want to get up. And I'll think of an idea and I know that I will not remember it later. And I will, and I will have to get up and write it down. Um, and if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to get up, I might as well write as much as I can. Well, there you go. See? So I I will do that. But that's not a thing that happens to me every morning. And I for sure in the morning am not going, let me just put off this like coffee and breakfast thing until after I knock out these. Nope. (laughs) No, 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 no. I do have to have the coffee though. I have to have the coffee. I have to have. and, And because I have to have the coffee, I usually set my coffee maker every night. So all I have to do is push the button. No matter when I get up, because if I get up early and... and Are you usually and the I, first one up? Yes. You, I well, am too. That's yeah, not necessarily true, but... <clears throat> I am too. My dog doesn't even get up with me anymore. Aww. She's, she stays she's like, in bed. She's like, what is this getting up in the morning? Yeah, she's what is, not about it. <laughs> not about that at all. Um, do, you, do you find it easy or hard to write in your own house i i get distracted i get distracted easily but and and sometimes because of that i will i will do a retreat yeah 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 that's i i've um i remember you've gone what waynesville or you go just to get out of the house where I've, i've been to well i've been to waynesville to stay for like a week or so and we, you know, our retreats, and this might be a subject for another day, but we tend to, we both love Waynesville. We almost moved there, but 
it's too small for us. So, but I thought it's only an hour from here. So I can get like this super cheap Airbnb for like a week Hmm. and I can go and write there. But when I'm not doing that, I can, you know, find some coffee places around here. Yeah. I get distracted in my, well, there's a number of things, you know, I, I mentioned in, in the last podcast that my, my mom is, uh, moved in with us and her apartment downstairs isn't finished yet. So she will pop in, she'll do the pop in into my office. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what, but yeah. Is your door open? Is your door oh, closed? Oh no, door's closed. So, so how does she knock, pop? knock, knock, come in and then she'll be like quiet or waving at me and I'm the damage is done. So, you know, <laughs> okay. Uh, and, but you know, I'm also, I'm also distracted by the fact that uh, there's a refrigerator in my house full of delicious things. And so I can be like, Hmm, any, I mean, writers will come up with any excuse to not write like, I'm hungry, I'm just going to get a snack, or I'm just going to get a drink, or... Oh, there's a little now, bit of dust on the corner of my desk. Whatever it is, yeah. Um, so, anyway, so sometimes I, like like you, I have to get out of the house if I want to focus my attention. And when I uh, lived in Baltimore, my favorite place to do that was to go to Goucher College, which is right there in Towson, and they had, like, the most amazing library, and uh, I would go there... You're going to have to turn in your writer's card, oh like, God. right away. If, I know. No, I have been to the library. I did get my library card here in Hendersonville, but I haven't actually been back to the library to, um, like, check it out as far as, is it a good writing place yet? I think we'll have to go do that. Yeah. Uh, I have been to a few coffee shops that I like. I, you know, I, I, I may have a problem with the... <laughs> the coffee coffee. (laughs) the coffee thing but uh um i like a good i like a good coffee shop yeah i mean we have um there was a couple here that i've actually worked at i worked at appalachian coffee and they closed and then i worked at second act and they closed so i'm afraid (laughs) to go to another coffee shop so worked at as a as a patron yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was writing there. I yeah. was working and yeah. writing from there and enjoying the music and whatever else was going on there. Second act had some great. You're going like, to have to come up with an alias areas. if you want to go like visiting other I might have to do that. local businesses. There's a but... new one called The Buzz, which is really cute. So where is I've that? I've been there, but I haven't gone to write there. It's off a of grove. I feel like I should know where that is, but I'm still new to town, so it's it's a it's a new actually it's a new place that is dry. I read about it in I want to say in the paper, but I don't get the paper, so I must have I don't know where I heard about it, but yeah, a place that doesn't serve alcohol but still gives you all of like the social interaction yes, that you would other get at you know that you would get at a pub yeah. or. And they have games in there, and just the oh, place cool. is cute. A lot of picnic tables out outside, and I'll have to check it out. Yeah, we, we can go check. But it yeah, out. there's a couple of of good coffee. Sh- Actually, there's a bajillion really good coffee shops. I, I don't know what it is about Hendersonville and Western North Carolina, but there are cideries and breweries and 
800 different coffee places and it's a very it's a very drink oriented location lots of music too uh, yeah tons of music so anyway all of these things which uh should be conducive to good good writing habits i i found a, a, a cool writing spot and i posted about this on facebook but david and i went hiking about a week or two weeks ago in DuPont Forest and there's this one hiking hike this one hike has about three waterfalls and at the very top is high falls there's a shelter there and I took pictures of these picnic tables overlooking the waterfall and just a little bit of waterfall noise just to block every all the other mm. noises or whatever out and I haven't been back yet to, to try that out I have to try. I have, uh, I haven't made it all the way up to High Falls, but I have been to DuPont. It's like state recreational forest or something. Uh, that's where Triple Falls is, which was used in a bunch of movies. Um, I think they did, uh, Hunger Games there. Yes. And, uh, anyway, it's just beautiful. It is just beautiful. Uh, but I'm not schlepping my laptop up to the top of some mountain. Ah, for... but there's another there's another parking lot which I haven't tested. It's close. I suppose I could bring a, like a notepad, but <laughs> I you know I'm not doing it. I'm I'm I I'm telling you I like the, I'm sure it would be very inspiring and but yeah not doing it. If I'm hiking up somewhere, I will bring snacks and and drinks snacks and for sure. <clears throat> And, uh, so I'm going to try it. I'll let you know how that works yeah, out. Yeah, let me know because that's a pretty spot. I don't know. Anyway. You can't, you can't live in the mountains without trying to write in the mountains. Yeah, and then I'm curious to see if there are other other places and, you know, if any of you out there have good suggestions about uh, um, interesting creative places where you've gotten some work done, like, I don't know, local parks or... Um, I have, I used to go to a, a bar that I liked and you could sit at the bar and, you know, get yourself a drink and then organize your thoughts or come up with some ideas. But I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that spot landed here. We have a, a brewery not far from here that I adore huge tables and it, it just, I want to go right there, but they don't open till four. (laughs) <laughs> and by you know then, you have a problem when you're like your local place your local watering hole doesn't open early enough for you to okay um all right so one of the reasons why i i was thinking uh, about this episode as uh recycling day is because of the uh the massive amount of times <laughs> where I've had to remove something I thought was really cool from a piece that I had written. And I know you're in the middle of separating a very large project into two also very large projects. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that you can relate, but I actually, the, the last story that I had published uh, is a short story called The Ski Lesson. And that started that started from a piece that I had removed from another project. Um, and I just loved the idea of this like little nugget, this little opening 
piece, um, which was inspired by summers I had spent visiting my grandparents. And I ended up finding a different way to use that piece. And I, it, it turned into its own story, but it had been something that had been edited out of a completely different project. So that led me to, to think about how do I collect and keep my story ideas when, when you're editing your own work, you um, cut your darlings. Yeah. You murder your darlings. You murder your darlings. But if you, you can cut them and you can like put them in prison somewhere. <laughs> so where do you put your prison darlings? <laughs> I know I probably should have a, a better system for this, but I used to have a, a, a whiteboard in my office and I called it the crazy idea board and I would write these things in. Wait, a crazy idea board. Is that anything mm-hmm. like the, the, the writing you had all over your sliding glass doors that when I came to visit you <laughs> and it looked like some kind of, a, I don't know, it was a cross between some project plan because I used to be a project manager or, you know, something that a beautiful mind would have written on the wall. Gosh, I'd, I'd love to figure out a way to make anything related to work I've done like a beautiful mind. But no, uh, that actually was a, a to-do list for these contractors doing the, doing work in my house because they're so bad at finishing things. Because right, so, it was the middle of your house. Like to keep if it you had an idea, you probably wouldn't very be visible. But the, the theory is, is a bit the same in that I tend to like, uh, we project managers call this information radiators. I tend to, to these things that I want to keep uh, top of mind or, or, or think about some more or whatever, I will put in some visible place, like up on a whiteboard or in that okay. case, I wrote it in chalk marker on my <laughs> sliding glass door so that it's always there. And then I find that your subconscious like processes it for you and if you're stuck or you know you don't know what to do with some of those things the answer will come to you when you're doing something else when it is least convenient I like to similar to that I like to read kind of like what I'm working on where I left off before I go to bed a lot of people do that I don't but a lot of people do that that's very common like as like the starting place to get you kind of back in gear yeah yeah and that works for you no <laughs> you would think that it would cause you to like wake up in the middle of the night and go running for the the, the laptop, but it does. It doesn't. no. I usually I like to um, I like to think of whatever the the issue or the problem or the challenge is. Like I have to come up with something, and then I will run it through in my mind, and then I will set it aside, and then I will do something else. So, uh, and then it it'll come to me. That's you know when I'm so, cleaning the trash out of my car or in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your crazy idea board, what's on there now? I mean, how many things are on there right now? Uh, uh, there are a few things and they don't really seem to go together. I don't know that they will all end up in, well, in any project, but they certainly won't end up in the same project. But I find that when, you know, I have to cut something out, if it's something that I really like, like I'll put it there rather than you know, throwing it out. I, I know some writers will have like a clips or notes section when they pull something out, mm-hmm. they'll drop it in there. And then when they're looking for inspiration or they're looking for something that they want to set up, they'll go to their clips mm-hmm. and, and see what's in there. I tend to just stick things up on the, the board. 
Um, You've reminded me. I've, I've started like a list of characters that I just didn't use or cut yeah. at one point. But I forget that I even have that stupid list somewhere. So <laughs> I forget. I'll create documents and then forget about them. So I'm a, I'm, maybe it's just not organized enough. So if anybody's got organization ideas, let me know. Yeah, if you, you've got some tips for what to do with these <laughs> clippings or or whatever. I remember in the, the olden days, people would have like actual filing cabinets with story ideas. But I don't have that. If I put things in a drawer, I'm never going back in there to get it. I'm probably, yeah. I'm just out of sight, out of mind. Right, that's right. So um, I'm recycling some stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I used to, I used to do nonfiction editing, and I had a column in Prick of the Spindle a few years I back. I remember. And it was the art of nonfiction was the name of the column. So I had a few articles in there, and now, un- you know, it's unfortunate that it that the the journal is no longer with us. So I have these old articles sitting around, and I'm kind of repurposing them for my editing website. I think that makes sense. And, uh, I mean, I have uh, I have several pieces. I have some mostly fiction, but some nonfiction pieces that were published online. Um, I had a couple pieces published... Uh, as part of a, a group or a project uh, by an online site. Anyway, and that project doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So they have been previously published, but they're not currently available. Uh, I have a list of links that don't go anywhere now on my yes, LinkedIn page. I got that. So I have been thinking about what can I do with those things um, that were published at one point somewhere, but aren't really available anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, or were published somewhere obscure my very first published story by the way was published in an anthology in australia oh wow yeah (laughs) and uh the um editing team there misspelled my name so there's that and they also misspelled my title and uh so it it was uh, it was like that high and low thing where i'm like super pumped that i got my first <laughs> uh short story published and i was super excited and then no one could find it because you had to search it under um a completely differently spelled version of my name but i would love to take those kind of uh, i don't know orphan projects back and collect them and put them somewhere but i don't really know what to do with them yeah, that might be a little bit of research. And I mean, I guess I could bundle them together and self-publish on Amazon. but You could. So, anywho, uh, uh, also curious about if, if any of you out there have just um, ideas or suggestions or have, have done something with those kind of random, random stories that are out in different places. I have an essay that, and I just did this too, like last week, it was... It won an award from Florida Bibliophile Society, and it was published in their newsletter. And I was going to actually get up and read at their annual um, dinner, except there was COVID, so we didn't have Mm. it. But um, I just recently took that essay and revised it and submitted it. And I'm not saying where, because I might curse myself. Yeah, but it is probably the first thing I've submitted in a long time, and I'm happy. But I need to submit more stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I definitely feel like I need to kind of run down Um, some of that some of that stuff that is out there and I don't you know it's not available anymore. Want to play truth or fiction? Let's play truth or fiction. I've got one for you. Okay. All right. Okay. Imagine there is a man and his wife. It is their anniversary. And on their anniversary every year, he takes her on a trip someplace. This particular year, he took her to Rocky Mountain National Park. Okay. Near Estes Park. Famous for? Flooding. Oh, Something just fell in my studio. Famous for the for the hotel that The Shining inspired. That's actually. right. <laughs> Not the flooding. No, The Shining. Okay. Yeah, The Shining. So anyway, the the national park, and uh, they go off to have this uh, picnic and see these beautiful scenery yeah. and whatever. And then there's a nine one one call, and he's calling nine one one and saying his wife has fallen. And she needs some help. And the park service has to send somebody, like a rescue team, out there. Because this is the wilderness. Okay. And uh, they finally get out there. He keeps calling to find out if they're on their way. And then hanging up because he says he needs to save his cell phone. Mm -hmm. Battery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they get out there. She's in bad shape. And she dies. Okay. Um, the park rangers, cause they're in a national park, uh, find the story a little suspicious. They're off the main trail. They'd been taking pictures. She went off like a cliff oh. and was found at the bottom of a cliff. He was saying she slipped. They were taking pictures. He had, a, they had other pictures on their phone. Um, however, uh, in his car... They found a map of the area where he and his wife had gone hiking, where they had decided to leave the main trail and go to this overlook. And on the map, there's like a little red X right about where her body was found. <laughs> so he mapped out or did he hit the target or <laughs> pretty close? So Yeah, that's suspicious. A little bit. Yeah. And then Len looking into who is this guy? And what is happening, it turns out he doesn't actually have a job. Okay. And even though he travels for work and everything, he doesn't actually have a job. Um, What he does have is a bunch of life insurance policies on his wife. Okay. And as it turns out, he also has a first wife who also died mysteriously. Okay. And tragically. Okay. This sounds like everyday life. No. Right. <laughs> Honey, let's it's go out on our our anniversary sounds, to this very rocky, high, cliffy place. It sounds true. Is there it, more? No, that was pretty... I mean, there is. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it is true, actually. Um, <laughs> it is true. And I will... There, there was a, a, a really good uh, Netflix documentary, or no, Hulu documentary about this. Um, and I'll post the link so that you can check it out. I think they okay. even did a Dateline episode of, about this guy, oh. uh, too. Cause the, I mean, 
lots of super sketchy things. Yeah, it sounds like it. But yeah. It sounds like, but so taking out life insurance policies on your wife and then pushing her off a cliff is... Like six life insurance policies. Six of them. Something like that, yeah. That sounds like a job. Well, I mean, that's he was living on the money he made from his first wife's See? life insurance policies. Yeah. And he must and have already been working on what who the next wife would be. He was, actually. Was he? He had started taking out life insurance policies on a new lady. See? That's a job. So, yeah. He's in prison now. Okay, then. But, yeah. All right. All right, let's talk about uh, writing tools. Writing tools. That's, you know, so to get shit done kind of tools. So That's, yeah. Like, okay. Well, I like to use Scrivener. I tried to learn Scrivener. I think I have it still. I don't understand it. I avoided it for a long time. I had it, and I was scared of it. It was a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot to it, and there's like the, the the learning curve isn't very quick. But I kind of I kind of got in there and started playing with like decorating and labels and changing colors and that sounds like then, procrastinating to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it look pretty. But it's it is fun to do that. But then you know I got to a point where I was actually rearranging. The structure of my memoir and it became helpful well see that's what i i mean we project managers do that kind of rearranging for our projects using sticky notes and yes. and those kinds of things which you can arrange around on some kind of board or whatever but i have not found a good way to do that with long writing projects well, there's a cork board on there that looks really cool with index cards. Huh. Did you? You haven't seen that. Well, it's so. been so long since I've been in my very long project. Okay. So. <laughs> but it's there. There's a cork board kind of process you can use, or you can rearrange them with folders on the side. And it just, it worked for me this time. And then I started dumping everything in there. I put my research in there, and hmm. I put... Um, pictures in there and I put it just became like an a more of a workspace than a file of a book that sounds really cool yeah and character I like character sheets on people which which helped me realize that I didn't have like my mom's character really built up very well in the memoir so so it helped me realize I need to work on that but I I like it now I even opened one for my editing work which isn't even a book it's like a little project thing. <laughs> I have a very low tech, like large piece of paper that I will put up and then I will arrange sticky notes and then set up different colors for different story arcs or yeah. components to kind of keep track of it. Um, and then, you know, if I want to move something, I have to go peel a sticky note off that my <laughs> timeline and stick it somewhere else. Yeah. But it's not super great if, you know, like you want to go on a writing retreat and you want to take your thing. <laughs> I've got a giant piece of paper with notes all over it. And you, no, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. work out for me so well. So finding a better tool might be cool. I find that I am addicted to buying um, uh, sarcastic little notepads and things. Oh. Little journal things. And do you use them? Because 
I also have like a bunch of, well, I have a bunch of notebooks that I've started using. Oh, yeah. And then I like, well, I want to clean that out and save it for something else. So I'll rip the pages out and I'll leave it there. And it just, they just keep adding up. I, I, the nicer journals are like that. I've got some nice, people will give them to me Mm -hmm. as a gift, like a leather bound thing. I never use those. I've gotten one of those and I didn't use it either. It's really pretty. You don't want to use it. No, I know. You don't feel like my scribblings are not worthy. I mean, (laughs) uh, of this book, but yeah, so I have several of those that are really nice, but then I, I found these, this, this company called WTF Notebooks. And they have just really super snarky little things. And you can get them either as like college-ruled notebooks. I love those. Um, college-ruled. Or uh, you can do them like as a planner. You can get them set up. And then, you know. But back when I would have to go into the office, which I don't do anymore. What was the name of that? WTF. WTF. Okay. Yeah. WTF. I'll put a link in the chat. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for those things, but yeah, and they have really, really funny ones. I think the one I have today says something like meetings that could have been an email or, or meetings I want to socially distance myself from or something, (laughs) but they all have funny little whatever things on there. I had one for, uh, for a while I used to take with me into the office and it said list of bodies I've buried in the woods. And again, (laughs) okay, again, (laughs) Again, people who, you know, who are just meeting me are like, don't know that I am in addition to a project manager, also a mystery crime writer. Uh, find that maybe a little odd. Okay. Yeah, so notebooks, notebooks and pens. I have them all over the house. I have them everywhere. I will think of ideas and not have something to write them in. I've been known to call my own voicemail or to voice memo myself or whatever in order to get the idea down before I forget it. I think I've like emailed myself ideas before. Yep. That works. Cause I've tried to do a voice memo and then I forget about it. I don't, I don't <laughs> and then know it's where, stuck I in there. I, I do it. actually find it like 10 years from now. You no. say <laughs> that. And I, I have no idea how many voice memos I have on my phone right now, or even notes, the little notes thing. Mm-hmm. I have a bajillion of them and I, I don't remember the last time I went through and actually looked at the stuff that I threw in there, but I do try and capture things. every. That would be a good idea to take them out of there, put them on the crazy idea board. There you go. That's what and I need to do. And then they would all go through your head again. Yep. And some of them might actually like, come together into a story make their way into some kind of project boy so i have a a, this weird i have a planner i i i'm still i still have a planner that you write out with pen and pencil not the 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 online calendar or anything Uh. like that i don't i don't use those digital tools they may one day be helpful but I still like to write everything on a planner and I have to write it down in pencil and cross it out in purple ink because I love purple. That seems like a lot of rules. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. And sometimes in the, I'm in the mood for green ink, but crossing them ah. out, crossing out pencil with a, a nice gel pen, it's very satisfying. I, I can't say as I've ever tried that. However, I do have a thing where I prefer pens with blue ink um uh, especially if i'm marking something up my own work or somebody else's work 
Uh, red is too aggressive. Red is aggressive. Red is too aggressive. <laughs> and if it's black ink, you don't see it like you do blue ink. So I I have favorite a favorite line of blue ink pens, right. which might be a little weird. But. No, I don't think that's weird. Do your pens get like? Do you get really specific, like a a, sh- a real fine point for one pen? And I like a the, medium point for another pen. Uh, no, I like the medium point. I like okay. the whole like free flowing ink thing. I, I, you know, no scraping on the paper. I like hmm. I like the really okay. nothing slowing me down. All right, uh, I have a good writing tip okay. for uh, for this week for our writing tip wrap up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, I mentioned it before, but when I'm stuck on something, I will, uh, either write what I'm stuck, uh, on up on the board where I can see it. Or if I am stuck at a point and I don't know what's going to happen next, I try and imagine that same scene that I've already written. I don't have to come up with what happens. Mm-hmm. That same scene that I have already written from somebody else's point of view. Usually that unsticks me. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. I, I, it usually, usually thinking about it from a completely different perspective, even if I don't use that in the finished product at all, will usually unstick me or give me some ideas about how things could be misinterpreted or how things could be misunderstood. And having things misunderstood in a story are really great for the story. True. So it's kind of like it's kind of like exploratory writing, a little bit, a yeah. So you you're and you're practicing at the same time, which is good. A lot of people, oh man, I used to think if I wrote the scene over again that I'm wasting my time or I have wasted my time, but it's not. It's all practice. Every yes. bit of it. Yes, and you have to. I think as a as a writer, whether you're writing uh, fiction or nonfiction, in order to you know get the work moving you have to give yourself permission to suck at it you have to give yourself permission to just write terrible terrible stuff knowing that no one is going to look at it you're going to have plenty of time to go back in and and rework it and i i think non-writers are uh concerned about writing things that are bad or that it's so much work to fix it but the what i found to be true and i'm curious what you think but what i found to be true is it is much easier to fix a thing that is written down than it is to try and come up with the thing the way that you intended it to be um it's not like uh you know building a physical project where it makes sense to do all of the planning up front mm-hmm. and you do it once, you know, yeah. like measure twice, cut once or whatever that thing is. Uh, here it's like, get anything down. Once you have it down, you lose the anxiety over, my gosh, I won't remember this. Mm-hmm. And you can manipulate it until it turns into a thing yes. that is what you want. And that's a lot of what I do in my day job. Oh, for the editing. Yes. A lot of folks come in with that first draft, and it's where they've gone, got everything down. They got all the events down. They've got all the the um, <clears throat> characters down, and they just don't have, like, they, they want to build on, on that going forward. So they either, they may have to rearrange the events this... or just elaborate on them. 
this brings us back to sort of where we started too, because I tend to overwrite my first draft. Again, I had a, a very, very good writer mentor um, when we were at, at UT, and she said that your first draft are like notes to yourself. Exactly. So that you don't forget. Yep. And uh, I will oftentimes find that I have to cut huge sections out of my first draft. Uh, and it's still valuable to do it because you need to have that information, but it doesn't necessarily, you can allude to it in more subtle ways in like your text. That. Notes to yourself. That's good. I think I have this book written by Allison K. Williams and she calls the first draft, the vomit draft. Well, that's graphic. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And if you think about it that way when you're going in, then you're, you take a lot of the pressure off when you get it down. All right. So there you have it, listeners. Uh, <laughs> the vomit draft. The vomit draft. I love it. Get that first draft down. Those, uh, those are your notes to yourself. And then you can fix it in post, as they say. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, until yeah. next time. Until thank you, Vicki. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you, listeners. Yay. Until next time.